Well, hello, everybody. I am Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. And here we are on April the 1st, 2022, the day of the Aries new moon. And I am about to record the Weirdly Cosmic podcast for the Libra full moon that is coming up in two weeks time. But before I do, um, I'm Louise Eddington, astrologer and author, author of three books. Um, I have them all here. I have Modern Astrology, my first book, my bestseller, The Complete Guide to Astrology. Mm, so proud. And my newest book, which I'm ultimately also very proud of, The Complete Guide to Tarot and Astrology. So, you know, get my books, uh, book consultation, join my membership community. Um, I just love working with astrology and tarot and other magical energies and numbers and so on and so forth. So today we are here to look at the Libra new moon, sorry, full moon, <laughs> as I said, that is coming up. It's going to be on April the 16th. But before we do, I lo always look at a card and pull a card for the lunation. And for this lunation, I actually pulled the star, one of my favorite cards. I think I say that about all the cards there. Now, this is the principle of self-sufficiency and self, the, the kind of self-esteem and confidence that radiates confidence. It's not inflated, it's not deflated. The quote that goes with this from the Angelis Arian book is, um, we convince by our presence, which is Walt Whitman. And, and you can just see how um, in tune, in alignment with the stars, bringing everything down to earth, connected with the heavens, connected with the earth, this figure is. And this is the case in all decks, really, that the star is very connected, heaven and earth. But I pulled this reversed for this lunation. So I actually want to... Uh, plug my book again by telling you what I said about that reversed. So the star reversed is a sense of hopelessness, uh, pessimism and ignoring messages from the cosmos. And I think that's very relevant for this lunation because we're going through, there's some pretty big things coming up before the lunation and on it. So before I share the chart, I do want to say that um, the, the Libra full moon is on April the 16th, um, 2022 at 12.55 p.m. Mountain, which is 7.55 p.m. Universal Time. I think by then everybody will have changed clocks. So I um, hope I'm right on the time change. And it's at 26 degrees Libra. A full moon is always um, an opposition. Uh, moon opposing the sun. And, and But before I want to show you the chart, I just want to say that before we have the full moon, between now, April the 1st and April the 16th, we have Mars meeting Saturn at 22 degrees Aquarius and squaring the nodes on April the 4th, which is a really big day. Okay. We also have on, um, well, a Mars, well, Mars will meet Saturn on April the 4th. Then Mars will square the nodes just right after. But Mars, Saturn will not square the nodes till April the 11th. 
So basically, between now and then, we've got Mars and Saturn squaring the nodes, and that's always a turning point and a pivot point. So there's a lot going to change between now and then. And I will point to it on the chart, but I wanted to just say we've got those dates coming up. That week between April the 4th and April the 11th is really a big turning point. The planets are then moving towards the North Node, which is our collective future, our potential, our Dharma, if you like. Then on April the 12th, right before the full moon, we also have Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in uh, in Pisces, which is the first um, um, conjunction in Pisces. They meet every 13 years, but the first conjunction in Pisces since I, I heard on the podcast today, somebody said um, um, 1856. I thought it was 1865. But anyway, it's the 18 the late 1800s so it's it's quite rare and that was a time of rising spiritualism and so on and so forth interestingly it was also connected with the crimean war and crimea is um, the disputed territory between russia and ukraine so mm, there's quite a lot of stuff going on around that so we've got some big events coming as we wax to um, full moon, between new moon and full moon. And then we've got eclipses coming. So this is a really big period. So I do want to, I did want to mention all these things. Also before then, we've got Venus moving into Pisces. So by the time of the full moon, we'll have Venus who is exalted in Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune, who are the traditional and modern rulers of Pisces, all in the sign of Pisces. So I think we're moving to a more um, relationship interconnected time of period. So now I'm going to share the chart and then we'll look at all the numbers, the astrology, and then I'll re, uh, read the symbols for you. I actually recorded this once and the sound was so bad. I think there's something up with the mic I bought um, that I've switched to AirPods. So I will have my proper mic sorted out by then and I'm re-recording it. So that's an hour down the drain, but hey, well, I'd, the sound was horrible. You, it would have been really annoying. So if the sound's not pristine with the Air, AirPods, I uh, apologize, but it's probably better than it was with the, or the way it was. So this is the chart. So as I said, April the 16th, 2022, which is 11 and 6, which is 17, which is an eight universal day altogether, if you add all these up. An eight universal day in a six year and a seven day. We're going to look at some of those numbers, not all of them. But the, it's an eight universal day and the full moon is at 26 degrees, which is another eight. So um, it's a very eight day and we'll look at the number eight, of course, and we'll look at the numbers two and six because it's a six year with all those twos as well. So twos and sixes and eights are huge. The other number that stands out in this, um, well, we also have Eris and Pallas Athena also at six because two plus four is six. Um, they are conjunct the sun on the full moon. And then this full moon is actually, you can see this 
um, triangle that I've highlighted here um, in turquoise, my favorite color, is um, making a T-square to Pluto. So this is a full moon conjunct Pluto. And not only that, Pluto is actually stationing retrograde on April the 29th. So Pluto is pretty much at a standstill. So that makes this a very transformative um, full moon. And I'll talk about all the details later. We also have Jupiter and Neptune at 24 degrees, so another six. So again, we'll be looking at all those numbers, two, six and eight, quite a lot. And um, and then one other thing I noticed looking at the highlighted numbers is that we have Pluto, Haumea and Sedna all at 28 degrees, all doing a dance with each other. And they are dwarf planets, um, fairly, Pluto's been around a while, but, um, well, they've all been around for a while, but discovered for a while. But um, Pluto, uh, sorry, Haumea and Sedna are two of the newly discovered dwarf planets or starry messengers, as one of my fellow astrologers call them, kind of bringing in the big change that we're going through um, collectively. So they're all at 28 degrees, so more, another two, another eight, and um, Juno's also at 28, and that's um, a 10, one number, two plus eight is 10 is one. But before I just talk about all of this and go to the numbers, I wanted to, you to look at these lines. And uh, so I drew this cross, this one's to the lunar nodes. Now, we've been in a draconic bowl with all planets, the major planets confined to this side of the nodes since um, early December. Ceres did cross out and Sedna crossed out, but all the personal planets and main planets are still confined in the draconic bowl. But then I drew this other line, which is supposed to go through about 22 degrees, the 22 degree mark of the chart. And this shows that by the full moon, we actually have all the personal planets in one quarter, one quadrant of the chart. And this is really, really focused, concentrated, alchemical change. You know, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen all the planets so close together. Pluto's out here, but everything else of the major planets is in one quadrant. Now, um, the other line is this red line. So we have, so between 2012 and 2015, we had seven exact Uranus Pluto squares. Okay. And they were kind of the period at the, you know, we felt them from about 2011. That major shift started coming in. It took us through the whole 2012 thing. Um, uh, 2014 was uh, the uprising in Ukraine. So we had two exact squares in 2014. And Pluto-Uranus are heading, heading for their, um, their trine, which will be on July the 17th, 2026, at four degrees, four degrees Aquarius and Gemini. But so they're not in aspect to each other. But the reason I've put the red line on is that not only are all the planets confined in a quadrant of the chart um, coming towards 
they're all moving towards the north node and the north nodes moving towards them they are also confined between uranus and pluto and uranus and pluto are two of the biggest change makers that we've got you know pluto death and transformation um, shit excavator as i like to call him digging up all the shadow for us to really kind of look and chuck away what we no longer need and then uranus is kind of the awakener he's kind of sudden change and um and so uh the two of them together are quite earthquakey and we can see that we've gone through very earthquaking changes collectively um, and they're still going through them and now all the planets are squashed between those planets they have been for a while but um but we're also combining that with them being in a quadrant of the nodes all heading towards that north node now so i just wanted you to see the patterns and just to get a feel for how how intensely concentrated this energy is and that kind of gives an indicator of the time we are going through incidentally just to give you kind of a little bit of hope <laughs> April, mercury moves beyond that north node on april the 23rd you can see that mercury is only two degrees away from uranus on on this full moon so after the Mercury crosses Uranus and then crosses the, the North Node on April 23rd, then followed by the Sun, and the Sun moves past the North Node, I think it was on May the 13th, things are really going to start breaking up. And um, after the eclipses on April the 30th and May the um, 16th, I think we're going to start to see real change and resolution. So. I wanted to kind of give you a bit of hope about that. So let's stop sharing the chart and let's look at some of the numbers. So I said, remember, it's an eight universal day and, and the eight shows up in um, it's the degrees of the lunation. 26 degrees is an eight. So eight vibrates to the energy of um, money, but also power, leadership, control, but it's strength. Eight is a very strong number. You can think about it, it's two equal circles, one on top of the other. You turn it on its side, it's actually the infinity symbol. It's a really balanced, stable, strong number. So eight to me really um, represents huge strength. Eight is also the number of, of um, kind of cause and effect. It's form that is solidified into matter. It's got an element of um, as you reap, so shall you sow energy to it. So because this is a repeating number throughout this chart, there's so many eights, it kind of feels like we are um, pulling everything together and going forward with resolve and resolution to uh, really kind of uh, bring balance and harmony and to um, and to really kind of reap the rewards of what we've sown and hopefully we've sown good things and to make things really real and that comes in terms of um, relationships but also our identity but also the material world so the eight is just repeating over and over again now the 
26 degrees of um, of the um, number that makes up eight is made up of two and six and two is really the intuitive the divine feminine kind of energy and six is the number of the creativity family peacemaking and it's it really brings together um kind of great um potential and success together by combining kind of the divine feminine and the peacemaking energies to create great strength in the eight all right so the two and the six the 26 is a very strong and robust number okay but we also have the 28 as we saw there's lots of 28s so that is a two and an eight so we've looked at the two and eight and then it's a 10 or a one and that's new beginnings okay and so a 28 is um has got a great a great drive for success and leadership and is quite independent but is also combining that number of the two which is deeply intuitive and sensitive and very yin energy if you like okay so so there's some beautiful numbers in this and overall i'm i'm saying it's it's bringing in that feminine strength and creativity, um, not necessarily of women, but in all of us, and bringing it in and saying, I'm gonna resolve to really bring, uh, bring success and bring achievement into what we're moving towards. So I hope that kind of makes sense for you um, somewhat as the numbers. Now, as we look at the chart itself, again, I'm just gonna talk about it. This is a full moon, it's a Libra full moon, and the Libra Aries axis is very much about um, who am I within the we, and it's also, Libra is also about meeting ourselves as well, and kind of bringing some balance in ourselves. The Aries energy can be really, well, it's wonderful. It's pioneering, it's energetic, it's active, it's really um, a leader, and wants to kind of start things and really kind of forge ahead. It's the energy of the warrior, the um, the athlete, uh, the runner, you know, it really kind of is speed and fast and very direct and focused. But this um, Aries sun in it, and, and the, the sun is our core. So we have the sun in Aries on this full moon is almost exactly conjunct Eris. And Eris kind of likes to take us down off our, our, off our high horse a bit. Where are we kind of going, you know, it's all about me. Where am I going, you know, me first, me first, me first. Because in the story of Eris in the myth, she kind of takes down the elites just by throwing an apple into the uh, midst and causing them to fight amongst themselves. So I always feel that um, Eris stands up for the outsider the bits of ourselves we don't like and others that we don't like and um and any negative traits of aries uh, of the sun in aries on this full moon i think um eris is kind of gonna take them down a little bit pull down the picket fence and say you know it's not all about you and it's not all about everything that you want we have to include the other which is very libra so i'll talk about that side in a minute 
Also uh, conjunct uh, the sun on in Aries on the full moon is Pallas Athena, which is the wise owl. Oh, incidentally, before I um, go on, um, this calendar, this is not sponsored, so I'm just telling you because I like it. April the 1st, look at this picture for the full moon. Uh, this artist is a page on Facebook called She Who Is, and I love her art, and I had to buy her calendar when I saw it, so I thought I'd show you. So go and check out her page and maybe buy her calendar. But Pallas Athena is the wise owl. That's what I was pointing at as well. And um, Pallas Athena um, is the problem solver. She's a strategist. She's the wise um, warrior goddess. But she's able to kind of see things, you know, see patterns, see into rabbit holes, see what needs um, adjusting, make a, she can make a plan. So with Eris, she's kind of shaking um, our egos up a little bit in Aries over there and Pallas Athena saying here's a way forward okay um, I think our egos are going to kind of be taken down a little peg or two if we're all about us if it's me 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 now on the opposite end the Libra moon is conjunct Haumea which is the goddess of birth and fertility and um Alan Clay in Dwarf Planet Astrology, um, his site, he says uh, that Haumea is the new that is reborn from the old. Only Haumea doesn't need to destroy to create. She births the new from a reinvigoration of heritage. And so, you know, we've got the moon in Libra, Libra, which is about balance, harmony, relationships, also relationship with our disowned self, the parts of ourself we don't like. It's about coming into balance. Uh, Libra is very much like the justice card in the tarot of bring, the Libra bringing the balance, saying come to center, balance all halves, all opposites. And Haumea is there saying, yes, we can birth this more, more just, more equal, more balanced, more harmonious um, society. And then the moon, the full moon, all of that that I've talked about is um, square to Pluto, which is death and transformation, or it's kind of the caterpillar energy, the metamorphosis energy. And Pluto has been in Capricorn bringing down our structures and our rules and, and kind of showing where it's not working, where the holes are. Even if you like the rule, you know, if they're that easily brought down, there was obviously holes in them. In, in all of our institutions and all of our own personal rules and rules to live by um, have been changing since 2008. And Pluto is square, um, the nodes in this. And Pluto is strong in this full moon because um, only um, two weeks after the full moon, Pluto is stationing to go retrograde. So he's pretty much at a standstill already on the full moon. So there's a lot of transformation, metamorphosis, rebirth, and shaking up that old ego or the me, me, me kind of thing and moving to this more balanced and more harmonious energy. And they're really the only aspects on the full moon, all right? So, you know, the full moon doesn't directly aspect much else. It makes a semi-sextile to Jupiter and Neptune, 
and we've got that beautiful energy of compassion and higher love that's all piling up in um in pisces um like you know uh, compassion um kindness um empathy all those things are going to be heightened so much with all of this energy in pisces so we'll feel the oneness and interconnectedness of everything and want to move to something that's more harmonious i think um the full moon is in aspect to juno though juno at 28 degrees of aquarius uh, juno is um, the cross of matter with the crown of spirit on the top of uh, for symbol she was um she was uh, Jupiter's wife, Zeus's wife, and, and she represented women and children, but she also kind of represents com uh, commitment, fairness, um, fidelity, all that kind of stuff. And she um, is adding another wriggle to this. You know, I think we are being called to a more fair and just world and creating that in our own lives. All right. So I wanted to just quickly talk about the dance between Pluto, Sedna and um, Haumea. They're all at 28 degrees. Pluto is trying Sedna on an ongoing trying for quite some time. Um, Haumea is joining the party. Pluto and Haumea are in square to each other for quite some time. That means Sedna and Haumea are quincunx making an adjustment. Now, Haumea in Libra, I've kind of talked about a little bit about kind of birthing, you know, more fairness things. She's finishing up her job. She's going to go into Scorpio next and dive into um, kind of creating more deeply bonded relationships, whereas now she's about partnership and, and creating that um, harmony. Planets generally um, are more impactful after or their impact is often found on the planet after their discovery so pluto and uh, sorry haumea and sedna you know are quite recently discovered only in the two, early 2000s and and so their influence is only just being felt but they all three are at 28 degrees, which is a one, which is a new start. And so they are giving us this message of, you know, are you ready to really begin to create um, from all the lessons you've learned from our time in <laughs> in these signs? Um, I didn't look when Haumea went into Libra, but she's been in there for quite a while. Um, she has about double the orbit speed of Pluto, who's been in Capricorn for since 2008. We are learning some big lessons. And over the next two years, by, by November of 2024, all three will be permanently changed their signs. How May are moving into Scorpio. Um, each of them moves in three times and retrograde out three times. She starts entering Scorpio november of 22 and will finally move into scorpio october 20 october the first 23. sedna moves starts moving into gemini june the 15th 19, uh, 2023 and finishes moving in april the 27th 2024. now pluto goes 
retrograde um, further than these. So he starts moving into Aquarius March the 23rd, 2023, and does not finally move in till November the 19th, 2024. But by the end of 2024, all three of these big transformation change makers will have changed signs, will be in air and deep water. So uh, from earth and air. So it's going to shift things quite dramatically. There's going to be uh, more air, bigger air, um, with Sedna being the um, longest in a sign. And um, that's going to change our energy dramatically. So whenever they're dancing like this, like they are on this full moon and around this time, they are working together to initiate change. All right. Now, one other thing on the chart, or a couple of things, actually, it is a, the T-square between the full moon and Pluto is a cardinal T-square. And we've had so many cardinal T-squares, cardinal squares, cardinal grand crosses over the last year, last few years. There were the um, seven Uranus-Pluto squares were in Capricorn and Aries. Um, and so there was there was those. It was called the cardinal crisis. Every time we have another cardinal T-square like this, it kind of activates all that energy again and says, yes, initiate change. You have a chance to really start something new. Now, what I find quite exciting about this, as, as with all the patterns I showed you and the concentration, clearly we are in a crisis. You know, we've got an invasion in Ukraine causing a huge refugee crisis, which is going to cause um, food problems. And, um, you know, we can see that uh, in the UK, for example, where my birth family all live, the, the, their bills have all just gone through the roof and many people just cannot afford their heat and things right now we're we're definitely in a little bit of a crisis you know many of us in the us are quite privileged still it's some parts of that have not hit us yet but there is immense poverty still in the us as well and um one thing i find really kind of promising though about this is the movement of the planets you know we are moving towards that taurus north node as i said and uh, that is venus ruled and this is a venus ruled moon too so we're moving to our core values we're moving to what sustains us we're moving to create more balance we're kind of being forced by the crisis to look at becoming more self-sustaining and thinking of the we of the greater community in you know in the smaller sense and then the bigger sense and then a bigger sense um, countries are being forced to move to um, greener energy because of the threat of losing the gas from from Russia for a start um, you know we've had an executive order here to create um, something so that we get more electric vehicles on the road i can't remember exactly what you can read the news yourself but there's all signs i read another country had um had increased the production of uh, wind energy 
um, rapidly because they're thinking, well, well, we might not be able to power our grid if we don't do this. And so it's good that people are moving to more local creation. We cannot sustain the um, the shipping of, of everything, you know, like having an avocado in the, the depths of northern Canada in winter is just it's just crazy, really. When are we going to learn to be more in alignment? Well, this full moon is part of creating that sustenance, that eight, that infinity, like what what is stable and what is strong and what can take us forward in um, working together, which is the Libra new, uh, full moon. So there's a lot of that kind of energy in it. One other thing I really noticed in, in the chart is that contained in that um, um, very um, squashed energy of all the charts. Um, if we only look at the personal planets between Pluto and Uranus and between the nodes, of course, we have Venus in the middle and Venus rules this full moon and Venus rules that Taurus North node. And she has moved into the sign of her exaltation. She is saying, you know, Venus in, in Pisces, Pisces is the sign of the cosmic soup, is the sign of the collective unconscious. And in Venus, the planet of relationship, we are feeling that interconnectedness and how it must all better work together. And she's a very creative planet. So she she's kind of holding that middle. Behind her are Mars and Saturn. They're the ones kind of who will come in and do the work afterwards ahead of us. Ahead of her, moving towards the North Node, is first Mercury, our mind, and then the Sun, our core, our ego, saying, you know, heart and mind, or mind and core, moving towards the future that Venus is going to come in and create behind. I hope that makes sense to you. All right, so the symbols. Before I read the symbols, uh, just a reminder, please subscribe to my channel if you're watching on YouTube, um, subscribe to on iTunes or wherever you listen on audio, but wherever you listen, um, either if on YouTube, you give me a thumbs up, and leave me a comment, but um, I would love some iTunes reviews. You don't have to listen on iTunes to go and give me an iTunes review. Just search iTunes, my podcast on iTunes, and um, I would love a review, hopefully a five star, but please be honest. So I want to read you the symbols, and it's kind of good that I had to record, re-record really, because I forgot to read the symbols last time, because there's so much going on. So I'm going to read the Sabian symbol first. So Libra 27, we always go up a number up is an airplane sails high in the clear sky. So um, the keynote from Dane Roger is a consciousness able to transcend the conflicts and pressures of the personal one. So that kind of talks to what I was saying about the I, our own business, me, 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 transcending above that and thinking of, you know, more so the, this picture symbolizes the capacity latent in every individual to contemplate the stress of existence in our world of duality from a higher level. 
through the use of his mind backed by the efforts and struggles of past generations and the cooperation of other men the individual can gain a new perspective on human problems and reach freedom and peace in a supernal realm of being um, so this is um, introduces us to the realm of unity beyond polarity what a big thing of mine and it's so much about the aries libra axis um, uh, rajar says this is a stage of transcendent realization as we have both the sun and the moon highlighting it the lights shining on that I think there is going to be a transcendent realization for many of the um, of the we of working together and bringing more lead more um, partnership moving forward. Now the um, Chandra symbol is really really interesting too, because it actually mentions the full moon on the full moon. So it's a black leopard beneath a full moon. It says, pursuing what is desired and nothing else, probing, waiting, stalking, strategically watching for openings, one-pointedly intent upon grabbing and holding what you lost somewhere and must find again, going for reminders, facsimiles, totems, hungry for proof that it is there, that it is possible. Alone forever, you are deeply seeking the other side of yourself. This is very Libra too. The inner partner, the true motivating spark. You have gotten lost in the dark, identified with the one who needs and lacks, the one who is broken fragments of experience. But you are hot on the track of any signs that your love essence can be found in another, in a situation or within yourself. You search everywhere and come up empty. The one inside will be there when the outer versions cannot sate your hunger. And as a last resort, you feel into your own solitary spaces, willing to meet whoever is there and love them with all your heart. So that one I will post in the show notes. It's, it's deep and I kind of think people need to contemplate those words. So this full moon, it's, it's a big one. And after this, we've got the eclipses on April the 30th and May the 16th, I think. And so I'll be doing my podcast episodes for those. Also, I've started an interview series. I've got two interviews up so far, one with my friend Shelley and team on Kariklo or Shariklo, the centaur, uh, who is Chiron's wife. And, um, and they can be found on my YouTube channel and on the Audible um, audio of the podcast. And then I had a lovely Tea with Louise chat with my another friend, Saul Yonason, and we talked about esoteric astrology. I have another guest coming up soon. I'm actually traveling um, the week of April the 4th through the 11th. But um, after that, I've got an interview set up with Desiree Roby Antilla of Only uh, Purely Sun Signs, I think, or Only Sun Signs. Anyway, she's written a new book on relationship astrology, and I've done an endorsement for the book, and I really enjoyed her book. So, um, seeing as we're both astrological authors, I've invited her on for tea, so I hope you'll check that out. 
So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and check the little bell, you'll get notified when I upload these in videos and interviews and you won't have to look for them on um, social media or if you're subscribed on um, on iTunes or wherever you prefer to listen, you will also get to hear those interviews. And um, so I think that's it. I think that's all I want to say about this full moon. Um, the biggest thing for me is not just the full moon. I cannot get over how concentrated these planets are. It's so intense. And um, the reason I think it's going to start to shift after this full moon is that Mercury and Uranus, Mercury will cross Uranus shortly after the full moon. And then on April the 23rd, cross that north node. So things are going to start to ease. But right now, this is such a pot of alchemy, of transformation, of huge opportunity for both personal and collective growth. And um, it's astounding and challenging. But um, I know we've got this. So until next time, uh, it's the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. Bye from me.